It's 11.06 on WSIC News Radio, and you're listening to We're Just Saying with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. I'd like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page, YouTube, X formerly known as Twitter, LinkedIn, and all other digital channels that you can probably think of. Senator Sawyer, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. It's good to be back. Second week in a row. That's think we're going to make this radio show a thing now. Well, to, to be fair, I've been here. You're, you've been the one who has been absent uh, periodically. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I know you secretly are trying to take the show over, so I, I do applaud your efforts. I that. would never do that to you, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, I mean, you know, as Republicans, especially as exhibited by what we see in the federal government, they're you know, Republican on Republican violence is real. Well, so. now to be fair though, but as a as a as a highly successful politician, you have to understand that the voice of the people must be heard. That's right. right. And <laughs> if the people are crying out for solo David Coble on this show, then I mean, how do you not give it to him? Right? Well, how do you not give it to him? We do understand how beautiful that the dulcimers of David, as we have were defined dulcimers. last week. Whatever you said, it that's was an instrument. Dulcimers. Oh, that's tones. right. Dulcimers. Wow. David. I wow. Know. I just built the case right there. I know. <laughs> well, so speaking of Republican or Republican fun and Democrats, we've had some of that in the state level this week. We saw that the redistricting maps were released. I don't know if you've heard anything about did that. Did you go through all your crayons? I did not. I wasn't in the room. I had no idea. I saw the maps when they were publicized, just like everyone else. And what did you think? Um, well, there's a couple in the state Senate um, there's a couple of us who are what they call double bunk. That means two senators who are currently seven serving. Now their district changed. Uh, one was in the city of or in the county of Wake, uh, Representative or Senator Jay Chaudhary and uh, Senator uh, Grafstein. Those two are now in the same. And then I myself is also double bunked with Senator Natasha Marcus. So there's a few of those going on. But for the most part, I'm very happy with my a map. I'm looking excited. Not a lot changed. Uh, I did not get Huntersville, which I'm going to miss Huntersville very much, but I moved over to Davidson. So I think it's more of a compact, um, you know, district. And I'm just happy to, I just always just want to run. I'm yeah. just happy who I have. <laughs> I just, let's go and let's run. And, and I'm you just kept happy. all of Iredale? Uh, and Iredell County does stay home in the Senate District. Yes, sir. So uh, I have Iredell, Cornelius, and Davidson. Very nice. Yeah. So I know that you said that you weren't in the room, uh, you know, no. with your crayons, drawing maps or anything like that. You got to see them. But, you know, broadly speaking, you know, maps is every year. Obviously, yeah. over the last little bit, we're drawing maps. Seem to generate a lot of, you know, passion, if you will. And we get to hear the G word thrown out a whole lot, gerrymandering. And so that you all get accused of. And yes. so, which is funny, because if you look back at some of the maps that were drawn when Democrats were in charge, especially our illustrious governor, his district, the yes. snake worm that carved specific neighborhoods yeah. you know, and jumped over yeah. rivers and streams and over woods <laughs> to get him a, an appropriate district for him. Yeah. But talk a little bit about this, about, you know, the way these things are drawn just conceptually and sort of what the philosophy is. So I'm going to, so David, I know that as a child of the eighties, you enjoyed cartoons on Saturday morning. Absolutely. I okay. Did. I don't know if you enjoyed this one, but I sure did. Uh, do you remember professor Sherman or Mr. Sherman or no, no, no. Professor B. Peabody, Peabody and Sherman. And Sherman. Yes, Sherman I do being the young boy and Professor B. Peabody being the, the dog. The dog. With the glasses. And yes. they would do some time traveling. Yes, exactly. Now, I'll, to be fair, that might have been a little more educational than I could normally do. Bill and Ted's Excellent Venture was probably more in my mind <laughs> in, that, in that vein. But yes, I do recall the cartoon you and did do. watch it. Yes. Yes, you do. So, so will you allow me to be Professor Peabody today and you can be Sherman and we'll go sure. back in time? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Take us back into 
time. So, do we need a dilly do type thing? That's a Wayne's World that's reference. That's a Wayne's World <laughs> reference. Okay. okay, folks, we're going to go back in time and use whatever reference you want from TV <laughs> history that you can. But it is interesting to me about when you talk about gerrymandering. We hear this thing, Jerry, and I'm like, let's go back. 1851. So, oh, way it, back. Yeah, get back into our time machine. Um, and it actually was born out of, um, it actually was 1812, March of 1812. The Boston Gazette ran a political cartoon depicting a new species of monster. Now, it was called the gerrymander because it looked like a salamander. And the person who actually that signed off on it was Eldridge Jerry. He signed off on his party's redistricting plan in February, um, unwittingly cementing his name in forever as the Jerry with a G Mander. Wow. And so there you go. So it's gone. This is not something that is uh, something that is a Republican construct that had just happened in the last 10 years. Yeah. Been all around for back, a little bit. All the way back to 1851. Um, and so that is where it started. And that's how it's why it's called gerrymandering. I was just always was curious about, you know, where that comes and, and how it works. And then um, they kept reprinting the, the cartoon and it just became a thing all the way to today. Um, so what what was and what what they're talking about when you say gerrymandering is that you are a political party or those who are in power are drawing districts for those who to vote in. And so those district lines, like we just talked about, are basically about, well, are should be pro proportional to the number of people who are in the district. So for me in my district, it should be around, I think, between 228 or 220,000 people, roughly, roughly about. Hold on. Let me let me look that up. I was jumping around a little bit. And constitutionally, you're required to keep counties whole as much as possible. right? Yeah. So we'll jump. We'll go back to that, too. But yes. Yeah, so um, in for the House districts, that about 88,589 people um, for a Senate district, you try to get it as close to 212,000 people. So those are the two things. And so, yeah, we do need to go back to that. So go back in time again. Okay. Did we so, ever come forward? No, we did we, not. We never made it back forward. So 1851, that's when Eldridge Jerry actually signed his name in infamy. Infamy? Infamy? Sure. Infamy? Sure, why not? We'll, we'll use it. it. Um, he's not around to protest. Is, he's not, <laughs> is he? It is Halloween. It is Halloween. He may be standing over my shoulder. Maybe he came to me for this today. He could have. Yeah, I know. So, um, but, so that's where this had happened, and so there was a lot of issues with that. Now, move forward Come on, up to like the 1960s. Okay. Dilly -doo, dilly -doo, dilly -doo. Thank you. So we're coming Go forward to the 1960s. <laughs> and they came out with the Supreme Court actually came out with some rulings because what had happened was. What it was. was what it was was is that there were uh, folks who were not relining the districts based on proportional. So there's some instances for 60 years they did not redraw the congressional maps. So over time, a lot of changes and, and especially during that time, there was a lot of urbanization, a lot of folks from the South who were moving to those in the North because of Jim Crow law. So you had a lot of migration up to North. And because those who were in power wanted to maintain and empower would not redraw their districts. So there were a series of different um, court cases that were heard by the Supreme Court. Um, and they were, uh, it was called the redistricting revolution. But one of those portions of those courses was that State voting districts must have roughly equal populations, and they have to be redrawn every 10 years with a census. So that is why we are now, we didn't start out this way. Our founding fathers didn't have the forethought that 
we wouldn't be redrawing districts. But so the 1960s, there were Supreme Court cases that came down and said, you have to redraw every 10 years. And the courts have told North Carolina, you got to redraw every two years. <laughs> Actually, they've told North Carolina, you got to draw every six, redraw every six months, it, it feels seems like. like. <laughs> it, it feels like. So that's our little history on gerrymandering. So I wanted to kind of go through that with everyone and jumped around a little bit. But who needs Schoolhouse Rock when you have Vicky House Rock? Oh, I don't know. I mean, who needs it? I, I need to work on the delivery a little bit better there. But that is the, that's the history of Jerry and the Mander. Well, very cool. You are <laughs> listening to the very most educational, <laughs> we're just saying, on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Like to be part of our show, 844 Studio 4. We also are streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page, YouTube, X formerly known as Twitter yes. and LinkedIn, all points in between. So, uh, may have a caller coming, uh, calling in here in just a few minutes. Uh, but while we are still in the map drawing yes, business, let's talk about it. Talk a little bit about uh, what is a 50 50 state and well, why should maps be drawn. And I'm just coming out of thin air with that. Yeah. I was not prompted in any way in shape or form to ask it. <laughs> well, you know, this is the new and improved Vicky, so I did have a little bit of show prep. You did. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for noticing. It was impressive. I know. Um, yeah, so 50-50 state does not mean that it's a 50-50 drawing, right? <laughs> like you go to a church bazaar or something like that, and you put a dollar right. in and hopefully win 80 bucks back. Though I do enjoy those. I do too. I do too. <laughs> Which is also very surprising to me when most of those is that were against gambling are not afraid to do a 50-50 raffle. I don't know. Just, just, yeah. just a little commentary there. Um, well, but 50 is for the kids. Oh, is that what it is? If it's, <laughs> it's for, for the, the children, then it's, it's for okay. The children. Okay. Exactly. I was just wondering about that. Um, so I do believe that we have our caller on the uh, calling in right now, which would be? Uh, we have uh, mayoral candidate uh, Chris Carney, I yes. believe, that is supposed to be calling in. It looks as though on the monitor that Bill well, is having the While he's patching right him now. through, yes. can I talk to you about how the first time I met Chris? Yes, please. Okay. So... So Chris Carney, who is actually running for mayor for the town of Mooresville and also held the Senate position that I'm in now uh, several years ago, um, actually I didn't know him by any of those things. I knew him as an aggravated dad who was sitting on the sidelines when I was referee and hosting and organizing a child's kickball game. Really? Now, he and I will tell the story opposite. And I may, <laughs> he says that I actually embellish a little bit and I'm going to... Um, and he'd say he doesn't embellish enough. Yeah. So I, I will say you're going to hear the same story, but a little different waves for both of us. But it's my show. It is so your I show. get to talk about it a little yes, bit. Yes, you do. So sweaty, hot, terrible headache, been working at this event. You or him? Me, well, <laughs> me. You. <laughs> been working at this event. Our whole idea was to raise money, but to do a mother-son kickball event. Well, of course, Chris's son, Chris, uh, Will, is in, and, and his wonderful wife, Francie, they are playing in the championship game. This is two days of all of this, and I'm here we are. Well, he says that I missed a call. I say I did not. Missed a, do, missed a, I missed kickball, a, do, a call. kickball call a kick that ball. may have not done well for Will and Francie. And so Chris over there in his visor, hanging out in a cool and comfortable shady spot, starts to fuss at me over my call. Kickball is life. <laughs> I know. Kickball is life. And at that point, I looked over at him, and I think if looks could kill, he would have been dead because I was... And, I, and speaking as someone who has received... 
the if the the killing look from the good senator it's not a it's not it's not cool at all like yeah it sends chills down your spine i have been a victim of it and it's not cool at all so i look over at him not lovingly and uh have to go and talk to him a little bit and i just remember like who is this guy? I do not like him. <laughs> I'm very frustrated. Now, over time, we've grown to be good friends and the families get together and have enjoyed his friendship. But yeah, the first time was not that great. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we had him and then we lost him. So, oh, no. uh, so we'll oh, get good, back so to We don't get to let him tell his other. No, side absolutely of the story. not. No, absolutely yeah. not. He does not get a, he did not get a voice in here. No. <laughs> so over time, like I said, we had worked together um, both on political stuff and on personal stuff. And he's just been wonderful. And he decided to put his name back in the ring for the because he was on the county uh, city council before. And now he's coming in as mayor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll get him back here in just a minute. But um, getting back into the uh, 50-50 of um, states, everything like that. You know, one of the things you started talking about was that, you know, there's this idea that, you know, from a presidential standpoint, right, that if you're basically around a 50-50 type state um, where or a purple state, I think is the term that that the district should be drawn accordingly, right, competitively. and. And competitiveness obviously is a relative term sure. in many of these instances, but but I've seen a lot of criticism you, coming you guys' way for how these should be drawn. Right. And so let's say, for example, if we're a 50-50 state, how do you draw a congressional district for mm-hmm. that? Right. Well, I mean, to me, I think of like oil and water and Democrats and, and Republicans basically gerrymander themselves. Hmm. And I'm looking at a, a state of North Carolina map right now, and it's showing both the House and the Senate and the congressional districts. And it looks like a lot of other states, a lot of those districts are red. They just are very, very Republican leaning. There's only a few of those districts. In fact, in one of this, I'm looking at a handful of those districts that are Democratic. And where are those Democratic districts? Charlotte, Raleigh, yeah, Durham. Greensboro, Durham, mm-hmm. Winston-Salem, Buncombe County. Buncombe yeah. County, and Asheville. So it, yeah, so those districts, so we self-select, and for whatever reason, Republicans move out towards suburban and rural areas, and Democrats choose to live in cities. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. So when you're drawing a map, how do you stick with what you call a Stevenson ruling, which is a state Supreme Court ruling that said, or federal for now, I can't remember, um, that you must keep counties whole? So how do you keep, like, say, let's use our very own Iredell County whole and draw a 50-50 district? You can't cannot. Do it. You can't do you it. You cannot. Um, so the only way to do that would be to bust up that Stevenson ruling. And I think sometimes Democrat strategists would love to do that and basically put a pie shape over those few counties that represent a lot of people and a lot of Democrats. Mm-hmm. So you think about the way a pie looks. If you were to divide that and put that over Mecklenburg County, then you would say you would have to draw that out where the center city of Charlotte and Yatkin County would be in the same district. Right. And you can arguably say those two communities aren't aligned. Uh, yeah, I don't think you could arguably say that. You can say that <laughs> definitively. That right. Those communities are not aligned. So how are you supposed to draw these maps? And so we get accused of all of this gerrymandering. But in fact, when you look at the numbers, we gerrymander ourselves. Yeah, 100%. And I think one of the things that people, I think one of the things that I think 
what we have seen is, is that, you know, we always like to say all politics is local, right? right? And so representation at your overall state government should really be about your local area, right? So the people in Western North Carolina, in Waynesville, in Haywood County, and everything and like Candler. that. And Candler. Uh, and yes, in Candler, exactly. Um, it, it all have a different um, set of priorities than the people um, down at the coast, sure. right? People in Western North Carolina, their chief concern is not about, um, er, you know, coastal erosion right. or hurricanes. The people on the coast, their big uh, questions don't revolve around snow removal or, um, you know, or, or forest fires or things like that, right? So really the representation of the state needs to be about your local government, your local issues and how the state can assist with those versus a some arbitrary population thing that is dispersed over a wide area where views are more are, are more arbitrary in nature mm-hmm. as opposed to local and about where you live. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is it takes a bunch of different ingredients to make a really good soup. Oh, I, you know, I, I would have said that had I thought of it, but you summarized <laughs> very well. So so, there, so there's this thing and you'll see it out. And in fact, my email's full of that. You're gerrymandering, you mean, oh, no, that's not actually it. It's just there's only so many ways that you can put the puzzle together and to keep communities of interest at whole. And so that's that's where we are with that. So so when you look and, and please go online, there's actually some apps you can do your, your own redistricting. If you want to try it, you can go out there and do your own redistricting. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, there wait, are people wait. who do that. Pause, pause, pause. What? There is an app where yeah. you can go out and draw your own districts. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I thought it was What called, like... party animal came up with that? <laughs> okay, I thought you and I were political nerds, but even I would not go. So I mean, it's like, what's she doing this Friday night? Man, I'm going to sit on my couch with a great glass of wine. I'm going to draw some districts. That's what I'm going to do. There's this cool app where I can draw new congressional districts and new state districts. And guess what would happen if I just moved this line across the street? Guess how awesome that would be? <laughs> I cannot so believe funny. Something like that exists. I really cannot. No offense to the person that developed it. They're probably, ex- they are exponentially smarter than me and probably making a lot of money yeah. uh, with the ads that probably pop up. I there. Guess. But what ads do you run in that? Let's think about this. You're in the app where you can draw congressional districts. What kind of ads are popping up in that? Dating. Right? Dating apps. <laughs> You said it. I didn't say it. Sorry. You said it. Yes. Taking apps. 100%. Or Rover for your cat. Rover for your cat. Uh, maybe, I'm a cat um, owner or too. Uh, what's that thing called? Uh, uh, Crunchy? Yes. Uh, the do- is that the dog FarmersOnly.com. Farmers only. Farmers only. Okay. See, that, see, look at you. What? I, I think that's fantastic, though. But no, but I'm like, but uh, going back, I yes. just, I just Sorry, can't picture the that. app, right? But here's but another question yes. Is that when they go behind closed doors? down in Raleigh. Are they using that app? No, I don't are, they, think so. are they plugging okay. in the Again, thing to say, not... hey, it's kind of like chat GPT for drawing congressional maps. Let's put this in here and just see what it spits out. You know, that actually, you, you, let's go down this rabbit hole real quick. I mean, maybe chat GPT could draw all these districts and, and do, I mean, try oh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm willing to, well, and there are graphic design AI things out there. Yeah. You can go and like, you know, draw me a, uh, you know, draw me a yeah. office building yeah. with this, da, 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 da. you can actually, there, there are applications so to do that. I don't, I haven't been, again, I try to stay away from the redistricting because I'm not on the committee and um, we have very brilliant people who do that. But there is a room that they work on a computer and central staff is the one that goes there and then the electeds will tell them. So then then if the, it should be, my understanding that is if it should go into deposition, then they would have all of that information that everything that was done in one central spot. So, um, but that's what I've been told. I haven't been there. But yeah, so you... Um, 
right now they're doing these uh, hearings and you're hearing uh, from folks are in the Senate and the House. And of course, Democrats think they're terrible and awful. I think most of them, what they're talking about is the congressional districts um, because there are some double bunkings. Now remember, House and Senate, you have to live in your district in order to run. Congressional, you do not have to live in your district in order to run in that district. So it's just one of those residency rules. Um, before we go, real quick, uh, William called and he was great. And he was asking, and David, maybe you have more of insight on this than me. Why are Republicans fighting so much in the U.S. House about a speaker? <laughs> uh, what, I, what I can tell you is I have no insight <clears throat> whatsoever as to why that is. Uh, I think probably what um, what is probably going on here is if, if you remember back when the election, when we covered election night yeah. uh, last year, there, we the idea was there was going to be a huge Republican majority coming mm-hmm. in. That, that did not take place. And what that basically allowed was a small um, contingency mm-hmm. of what I would argue are probably a lot further right um, leaning uh, folks and just straight up some malcontents to influence the debate and move things around. And I think that's why we see the challenges we're running right now. It's a small group of people who are just happen to have a little bit of outsized power right now. We have to learn as a Republican Party to govern and not just be comfortable with the loyal opposition. And that's even within our own selves. So um, we are very comfortable at lobbing stones, but coming together and actually governing, we are showing our weaknesses as a party. And we are getting ready to lose the next election cycle if we don't grow up work together and understand that we have to, as a party, unite because this is embarrassing. It is absolutely. And and these childish rants from these, quote, far-right people, I would say that they are nothing about their ideological um, love of the Republican Party. It's about how many times they get a click on their website and how much money they put in their pocket. 100%. We'll be right back. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Like to be part of our show, 844 Studio 4. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page, YouTube, X, formerly known as Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, and uh, so during the break, obviously, you know, Senator Sawyer pulled out the um, app drawing map and was showing it to me. Um, it is clear that that, ha- that thing has gotten a lot of use. She had like I 15 maps. I have never had that Vicky, map. It's okay. That, no. It's okay. That, these people get. <laughs> so twisted about these maps that they think a senator is doing a map by herself outside of that thing. I am not. I do not have the app. I do not. We already established that we have trolls that are listening to us and I do not want any well, more memes. And I'm tweets. trying to but pump you can, them. You can see my phone. I do not have a map drawing app. <laughs> David, say, come I'm on. laying the groundwork David, here. You I'm just laying got the groundwork. You just got demoted. I just, all I want is just a little. I'm trying to help on the trolls. We need content yeah. okay. for, for our Rated, Rated X segment. Which is coming. And, so, and you have been, you have been suspect in that of late. You haven't gotten the good quality. I was just trying to prompt it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but oh uh, no, just before okay. um, the last segment, we were going to look to have uh, mayoral candidate Chris Carney on. I believe we have him oh, now. Good. So we'll go ahead and move into that. Uh, we have a candidate for Moore's Mayor, Chris Carney on the line. Chris, how are you? Oh. Hello, Chris. Oh, well, I guess we don't have Chris Carney on the phone. we don't have Chris. Okay. Okay, well. Engineer extraordinaire Bill is working through it, I think. Okay, good. Well, while we're waiting on Chris, I do have another history lesson that we are going to get into and I'm super excited about. Do you know why we have election day on Tuesday in November? The first I do Tuesday. not. Know okay, that. so it's Chris But I have a the... feeling you're going to tell me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, Sherman. Professor is ready. <laughs> yes. Professor Peabody is ready to take us back in time to a date dilly, in 1845. Dilly, dilly. Wait, is it time to do it then? It... Well, yeah. I mean, okay. Dilly, dilly. All right. Okay. We doodly do. Yep. Okay. All right. So 
I did wonder, why do we have in November Election Day on the first Tuesday after the Monday, first Monday in November? Well, it wasn't always that way. So when we started as a nation, of course, states are allowed to hold their own elections as they should see fit. And it said but they had to have their election results into the federal government by the first Monday in December or something like that. So what happened was that they had um, states that would post their elections earlier and they were affecting the states that had later elections. So they realized that this was actually not a good thing. So in in the law, it became a law and Congress passed a law in 1845 that we would have to have elections on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. But why did they choose Tuesday? Do you know why? why? I do not. It's all about farming. Really? And why did they choose November? I don't know that It's either. all about farming. Okay, so it's all about farming. So in, in farmers, you know what's happening in the spring? They're planting. In the summer, they're, they're working on their crop. And in the fall, they're harvesting. So it had to be November because that would be outside of the cycle. But you know what happens on Sunday? That's church. Church. And you know what happens on Wednesday? Church. But no, well, Wednesday o- night. Only if you're Baptist. Which is, which is why they do Wednesday night, because during that is Wednesday, they had, that's their traditional market day. Go to market uh-huh. day and sell. So they couldn't do it on those two days. So they gave Monday for travel, and they chose Tuesday, because that's when they were going to be able to get to town. Professor Peabody bringing it on. But yeah, I do think we do have uh, Chris Carney now. Chris, do we have you? I am. Hey, guys. Hey, how Chris, doing? how you doing? Good. When I work at a poll. I'm sorry it took me a second to get up with you guys. I- We've had uh, we've had some fun people coming by, you know, and certainly had some great conversations. So I'm actually hanging out here with Carrie Pennell, and she, you know, she's a great school board member um, for Mortal Graded. So we've uh, enjoyed each other's company uh, yesterday and today, trying to get uh, people to be educated on their votes. Oh, that's and Chris. Just before you joined us, uh, Senator, the good senator um, enlightened us into um, how uh, you guys first met and how awful you were at calling <laughs> kickball and how you did, yelled dog. at her. Yes, I she did. did. She did. How awful you oh, were to her and yelled at her, and it was just bad and not a good look, my friend. Not a good look. So, so let's let's be fair to your listeners. You always remember there's two sides to every story. <laughs> I tell them that. Your mind. We're not on the radio. I do tell them that, Chris, that <laughs> we would get two story, sides two sides to that same story. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and, and she knows in her heart she missed the call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she. I think, and I think when we went off air, she sort of alluded no, to that. I did not, never, never. <laughs> but Chris, but Chris, that's yeah. what I was telling about. That's how we've known each other for so long. It wasn't because of you know oh, past forever. senator yeah. and also which you were, and also city council person, which you did a great job at. You um, actually have a life and a family, and and very active in your children's lives. But so in all of that, why did you choose to get back into politics, and why did you choose to run for Mooresville mayor? Oh, thanks for – well, you know, as you know, years ago when I was the pro Tim, uh, you know, a lot of people thought maybe I'd go on to be the mayor. And and I guess at that time, not having a – you know, mayors don't get the vote. They they kind of more like run run the, the meetings, and they're kind of the face of – you know, I was more in the idea of actually legislating. And then, as you know, I went on to the Senate, and um, and you're doing a fantastic job, so oh, thank you. Thanks. So um, – but, but what what – what I also learned over time was you also set the agenda and you establish the culture. And to be fair, these last you know decade, I've just watched as our culture has changed and I've just everybody's been so frustrated that I, I, I some jokes I kept thinking, well, somebody will jump in and kind of, you know, it's, we all know government's kind of cyclical and 
there'll be a, there'll be a new crowd come in with some fresh ideas. And then it just never happened. And so one day I, I had to talk to Francie and, and say, Hey, what do you think? And she's like, I'd be disappointed if you didn't do this. It's time for us to get back in and, and make some positive change, get us back to where we were. And that's, that's kind of how we got there. So you got, everybody can blame Francie. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, so um, one of the things I know that uh, you had the opportunity to uh, join me with Representative Sane earlier this week. Um, so, the, you know, obviously much more different, uh, much different audience, obviously, for the good senator than uh, Representative Sane. You know, much more, much more educated, much more enlightened, <laughs> and I like to think. I was talking about his show. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but give, oh, talk funny. a little bit about sort of, um, you know, uh, if you're able to go on, be, re-elect, uh, be elected mayor, uh, what are sort of uh, your top priorities that you want to see uh, going into office? Well, um, I, I think the first thing is we just got to do a better use, land use planning. Um, the, it, it's probably been the piece, and people, and y'all know this, people act like Mooresville just started growing lately. But we've been growing for the last two, three decades. I mean, we're, we've been a fast growing. The, 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 the secret's been out for a while that we're fantastic. We got a lot going on here. So, um, I, so, but the way, and, and there was some just a conversation actually with somebody at the polls just a little while ago. They said they were talking about, well, I keep hearing that you guys can't do anything because you get sued. But as David, you know, specifically because you do so much with land planning too, that they're getting sued because the document that they're basing their decisions off of says you can do X. So then, when you go and, and say and vote against it, you now open yourself to the lawsuit. If your land use plan actually mirrors more of what you actually want to do, you're not as vulnerable to the lawsuits. And that's just the reality of the way the system works. And so essentially that's the problem is we currently have a land use plan that gives a false impression of what's okay to do in Mooresville. And we got to start there. We got to go back to the basics and, and clean that document up. It's, it's actually been a disaster. And I think mm. most people are walking around Mooresville right now realize that. You can feel, you know what I mean. You can feel the difference. This last several years, you can feel how our, 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 our what, what the product of housing, apartments, all that. It's we feel that change. I think I won't put her out on it, but I'm going to say, Senator Sawyer was one of the first ones coming. Go, Chris, golly, how many more apartments can we put in more? Right? <laughs> yeah. So we, we all feel it. Yeah, right? we all feel it. It's yeah. just been a bad, bad landing point. So yeah. that's first. Second is that's trickled down to a lot of phone. I mean, our police are doing 60 something percent more calls than they were because of all of that. It's really stressing our first responders and stuff that and fire. And, and you, you can't lose track of that. And to be fair, even though it stresses the schools, as we know. Mm-hmm. So when you drop in a housing development, they move in over several years. You drop in an apartment complex. You got people rolling that school the next the next summer, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of that summer. So it's a it's, it's stressed all of our resources. And, and, um, and, and to be honest, of course, uh, it's, it's a privilege to have the DOT chairwoman on the, on the mm-hmm. phone because the last thing is we just got to do a better job of communicating our needs. We all know because we've sat at dinner, you know, and Vicky and you and whether it be Jason and whether it be Gray or be, you know, Brendan Jones over in the house. The DOT, mm-hmm. You guys, actually, Jeff McNeely, you guys actually have to pull information from us sometimes. And that, that's just not the way it's supposed to work. When you see me coming, you should know exactly what's getting ready to be asked for, mm-hmm. right? You should be like, oh, Chris, getting ready to beat me up for more road money. And, 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 you know, you can't, you have a lot of children to take care of around this state, but you shouldn't be surprised by what the projects are that Morris was looking for. And, and, you know, you and I have had such a great relationship for so long. 
I'm really excited about that opportunity to be able to work hand in hand with you on that. Yeah, I agree with you. That is, that is something that is nice, and it, it's important to have that connectivity between local, state, and federal government. I mean, you have connections, and we all have connections there too, especially to the interim sure. speaker of the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like saying that. Our well, congressman. Not a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, Kristen, let's. I've got a great picture that hangs up. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Vicky, I got a great picture when he and I both started back in like 2005. And he's choking me like around my neck, and we're both young men. And, and, he, and, he, and he wrote on there, "Not everybody gets to choke Chris." And it's just one that I always remind him that that's how we started. Well, good. Hey, Chris. So just remind everybody about when and where they can come out and vote to you. And you said early voting is going on now. And I think we're going to talk about this a little bit yeah. about municipal elections, about just how we need to be more aware of what's going on. So let everybody know where to come out and vote for you. So certain nine to nine to um, I mean eight to five Monday through Friday um, you can come to the War Memorial and early vote up until November third. November fourth is the only Saturday that's going to be available, and that's uh, like nine to three that day, eight to three, nine to three that day. So you can come out on November fourth and vote on that one Saturday, mm-hmm. and then obviously November seventh is the is the is the big day. Very good. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks so much. Good luck to you. War Memorial over there. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, thanks so much. I appreciate you Thank guys. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah, hey, tell everybody. Tell everybody <laughs> look for Carrie too. She's fantastic. Yes, very yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Chris bye. Carney Cannon from Morsel Mayor. Thanks so much. So it's funny. Uh, you know, does it are, are, does it get the uh, the campaign juices flowing now? Hearing somebody out working the polls. Yeah. Like you ready to jump back in? Yeah, it is actually. Um, I do enjoy campaigning. I like seeing everyone and going out and um, meeting new friends and 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 seeing old ones. And so yeah, it's always good and. Um, standing at the polls, it's it's nice to see folks come in and they have that opportunity to talk to you. I'm glad Chris is out there. And he said, uh, Carrie Pinnell, who's running for re-election for Mooresville uh, Graded School Board. So, um, yeah, and, this, and we're going to talk after the break about municipal elections and should they really be in this off-election cycle? Should they be elected when we are? And kind of look at some of the turnout and why that may be a concern. Yeah, no, and I think it's interesting that you, that you bring that up because that's actually been a discussion that's been going on for a while. Um, and I know that, um, you know, my from my standpoint, I've actually, uh, my, my view on that has evolved. Um, of you late. mean you changed? I changed. Oh, Believe it or not, I really? changed. You've yeah. grown over time? I changed. Okay, I, I grow I was over wondering. time. My, my gut is not what only grows over time. My <laughs> mind is broadened, and, you know, I started to change. And, and you know, life and, and circumstances dictate different perspectives. But I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on this uh, when we come out of the break, because I think, you know, I've, I've heard good arguments on both sides, Me but it'll be good to talk about. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. I'd like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News website, YouTube, Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and yes. LinkedIn. And so just before the break, we teased because we are... Uh, yes. finely tuned radio professionals yes. tease the next segment coming up municipal elections <laughs> yes. uh, we recently had a primary in Mooresville uh, for commissioner at large just recently had the Statesville city council um, mm-hmm. elections and so one of the things that has always been interesting about municipal elections is around here they are in off years yes. odd years not even years yes yeah and I th- 
uh, so when we say municipal, that means city. So anybody within the municipal guidelines are city elections. Um, so that means mayor and town council. And in the instance of Mooresville, the Mooresville Graded School Board, because they're one of the few that still have a, um, a citywide school board. So um, so the problem, or not the problem, but the it's not lost on me that when we do these elections, or the turnout isn't that great. So I remember before I became like politically active, I would vote. And then it feels like, like the next few months later, there'd be more like vote for me signs. I'm like, oh my gosh, we just voted. What are we talking about? And what it was, was that we'd voted on the presidential elections or this, you know, state senator house elections and the county commissioners. But then you turn around within, I don't know, eight, nine months later, you have a municipal election. So you got, so it was just confusion. It's just kind of better confusion. My understanding, and, and David, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, because you are a former municipal uh, elected. Um, they did that because they thought that the government should not be turned over all at one time. They, uh, My understanding is um, that they wanted to make sure that city folks stayed solid and then, um, so if you had a rush of people who all came in through and like a big sweep that you wouldn't have city and federal and state all being swept together at one time. But but it's a little different now. We have a lot of staff, a lot of professional staff at the, all the levels. And so we saw just recently in, let's say, the city of Statesville's election. Now, theirs is not even in November. It's actually in October. And so in one ward, uh, we had 160 people elect a city of states full council person for ward one and another ward. It was 149 people that elected another city of council and another last ward, 72 people elected that. That is very, very low. Very, very low. And, and I do want to point out that you, you did start uh, this whole thing by t asking me to correct you if you were wrong. I want everyone to know that is always rhetorical. Um, <laughs> she, she never, because it's always just assumed she's not. I so, I, so that's why I just let it fly by. That's why I just let it go. But you can, <laughs> dude, you can always never. correct me if I'm It's a rhetorical wrong. question. Don't pretend like it's not. Yeah. But, uh, but no, what I will say, yeah, the government turnover, but you know, a lot of that can be uh, remediated through um, staggering elections. Um, where you have a certain group that is yeah. up every two years, um, and and you know which is the way our county commission works. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the way our city governments work as well. Um, uh, but uh, in the odd year elections, and so when I was on the city council, I actually was a fan of the odd year election, and here's why: um, as a city councilman and, and as someone running, um, it was a lot less expensive to run in um, an off year. First of all, selfishly, but also you command the um, you command the airspace. Okay. You you're not you're not uh, lugged in with state issues, federal issues. You can really hone in on local issues mm -hmm. and have the floor, if you will. You have the microphone because you're the only ones talking. Mm -hmm. um, inside, uh, and my view always was that in even your elections, city uh, city um, races can get drowned out because sure. people are focused on national issues, state level issues, and so the city issues can sometimes be um, swept under the rug. I have uh, re I have that's great in principle. The problem is, is that the turnout that we see in municipal elections is so painfully low from what it could otherwise be um, in an even year election. Um, I feel like that the effort and the cost associated with running an off year election, for prime example, we had a, a commissioner at large primary in Mooresville. Every polling place 
had to be open. Mm. And we didn't, I don't think it broke 700 voters total. Yeah. So and I think we actually have that here. There was 395 voters and 227 for the top two vote getters. And so, yeah. And you're then under right. 100 for the remainder yeah, of them. Mm-hmm, so we don't yes. think we quite made it to 700 voters. And that's having every polling place open. That's paying the poll workers that are mm-hmm. there. And it costs, I want to say, uh, last I heard in Iredell County, it's about 25 grand, 30 grand to run an election just in Mooresville. And so that is a cost that is seems exorbitant to mm-hmm. the turnout. Mm-hmm. All right. And so um, I have I have come around to the way of thinking of it in an ideal world, yes, the the municipal um, candidates would have the floor to themselves. What we have seen, I think, now from just voter, you know, turnout and and voter, I don't want to call it apathy, but interest mm-hmm. in an election, that's just not what what turns out. Yeah. And having that few number of um, voters is problematic in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows, you know, we were talking about this. Uh, just before the break about the um, small contingent of congressmen up in the federal house who can now influence things because the Republican majority is so small. I think sometimes you see that in city elections where right. a very small, you know, highly disgruntled group can mm-hmm. really, you know, and it can really pull some people into office that mm-hmm. to be fair, I think we've seen in the past, not so much in Mooresville necessarily, but in some other places um, when you have lack of voter turnout, it opens the state for folks who really, you know, probably aren't the best leaders to, to be brought in. So I've actually come around the way of thinking of, I think it all should be every two years yeah, um, and just b- b- for efficiency's sake, as well as, you know, just the opportunity for more people to be involved and actually have a say. Now, can you get people to be interested? No, you can't force people into paying attention, but at least you would get the turnout necessary and people paying attention because people are paying attention at election time. Yeah. And it's just an opportunity to make sure they're at least getting the the municipal perspective on it and coming out and voting for it. Yeah. And I think culturally too, you have a better um, homogeny of those who win elections if they have to work at elections. So I know I'm, a, you know, during those 17 days of early voting, I'm standing out there with county commissioner candidates or federal candidates or their folks, and you create a bond, good or bad, you get, mm-hmm. you bond during yep. those days. Um, and so I feel like, you know, if you had municipal elections aligned on that same thing, you would still have that same type of bond with those who get elected and maybe even a better working relationship between, you know, all levels of government if they were elected all at the same time. And increasingly, you know, cities, municipalities are are get weighing in on federal issues. I mean, just this week, we saw the city of Charlotte do a resolution about uh, condemning Hamas. And there was a big issue about that. And and although I appreciate that and, and support that, that's not really their lane. Yeah. You know, like, guys, make sure the trash is picked up and the transportation's running on time and make sure those things are there. But these big overreaching statements that you see, you know, cities continually doing it for political pressures and reasons just to say that um, it's kind of blurring that line anyways. No, 100%. And I think that um, ultimately it'll be interesting to see, because I know this has been a source of conversation for a while yeah. about, um, about you know, municipal elections. And I know so there's actually been some municipalities that have gone and moved yeah. into the even uh, even years and they've been very pretty much through local bills, mm-hmm. which for people who aren't familiar, local bill is when your local representatives, in this case, a, a mm-hmm. Jeff McNeely, a Senator Sawyer, a, a, a Gray Mills, uh, could sponsor a local bill if 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 things were so inclined mm-hmm. to move elections into mm-hmm. even years. Not that that's something that, you know, you have currently floated. Sure. I assume, you well, know. no, actually, you know, I did work with some of the locals in Statesville and Mooresville and Troutman and asked them about their appetite for it. They were not excited about it at the time. And I think they did a great job in communicating about it, but it was not something that the local representation wanted. But I did also float that same, I did to all of uh, the municipalities and two took me up on it. My beloved Love Valley. Love, Love Valley. I love Love Valley and Harmony. So we've actually uh, have aligned their elections with 
even year elections this year. And so they'll have a short term election and then it'll be over two years. So there are some municipalities who've done it because they realize that um, if you don't have that great voter turnout, then you're increasingly choosing or self-selecting candidates that may not be uh as good in government as, as you would like for them to be. Absolutely. So, but uh, before we get out so, for our final say, rated X. Oh uh, no, we have to okay. do rated X because you did. Yeah, how many did you make it without mean tweeting back to someone? I almost had a workplace accident this week. <laughs> so if you remember last week, I told you I am standing solid on not engaging with trolls, and trolls mean someone who has a fake name and a fake avatar on Twitter who just likes to say. Sometimes funny, but Sometimes really mean funny. stuff. <laughs> Sometimes funny, but really mean stuff. And um, and we learned that the word clap back, as David had introduced us last year. And, and so I'll sometimes clap back. And so I decided I'm not going to clap back anymore at Trolls. And I have made it successfully seven days with no workplace accidents. Well done. Well done. Yes. So yay. At least for your main account. Now your 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 <laughs> fake accounts, you probably you probably clap back a good little bit, no, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> I have, I am clean. I am clean. <laughs> All right, we'll so, trust you. I know. So I did have one that I, I thought was kind of fun. So remember Rated X is where we go through the tweets that come back at me or some people, other people who are just mean, but also a little funny. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So this week, uh, actually it was a tweet I did last week. Um, so I said, busy week at the NCGA, we overrode five more of North Carolina governor's vetoes, making laws to ensure accountability on state boards, enhance our state's clean energy strategy, deliver bipartisan election reforms and cut back on unreasonable regulation. The yay. 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 Ra ra sis boom ba. Huzzah. <laughs> you want to read that? <laughs> so what, what, what you, you got, you got, you got, all right, let's see. Bipartisan, or excuse me, clearly your goal is to destroy democracy in the state as awkward, as Aquin dragon at mastodon.online Ukraine flag, flower, rainbow flag, giraffe yeah. stated. So clearly our, your goal is to destroy democracy in the state. Well, it's not a democracy. Well, it's details, <laughs> details. We are a representative republic. We are not a democracy. If that was a democracy, then everybody would come together and every decision, and we'd have to count everybody's vote all at one time. That is a democracy. Can you tell that it's yes. on my nerves? Yes. Because you see, save democracy. I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to be fair. Open a history book and read what democracy is. This is not a democracy. It's no, a representative republic. And to be fair, the Constitution of North Carolina does allow the General Assembly to to override a veto allows the governor to veto and it allows you to override a veto. So everything you did was constitutional. It, the threat to democracy is real via the constitution. But it's not democracy, I say. <laughs> details, details, a, details. You've liked representatives to go in and to make laws. That's what this is. And we're protecting that. But yep. I don't well, know. Any Maybe there's a democracy on their commune. Maybe. Oh, wait, wait. This one I did want to talk about. Uh, there's a Deer Creek Carney who also loves Ukraine. All my haters love Ukraine yeah. for some reason. Okay. Quote, bipartisan election reforms. Why did you lie to your constituents about the 77 toll roads? And are you on the take? Uh, no. That one almost got a workplace. <laughs> that almost got a clap that back. That almost got a clap back. But I resolve. And I have no money from any of those people. Well, uh, you know what? You're being your best self yes, right now. We yes. appreciate it. Thanks for listening to us. Have a great weekend. <laughs> the new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.